0: Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message.
1: My wife and I we planted Urban Church. Uh, 10 years ago and we passed that church before that we were at Perth's Christian Life Centre and we were part of the leadership team there and we were worship pastors I love worship and uh, yeah we've been on this incredible journey of following Jesus how many know that following Jesus is an adventure following the Holy Spirit's an adventure who knows you could move to Melbourne I mean this literally six months ago I had no uh, it just hadn't entered my mind you know, I can move to Melbourne. What? But here we find ourselves, um, you know, following the breadcrumbs of the Holy Spirit. God, what are you doing? The prophetic words and the the, the uh, coincidences, and and God just seems to be, you know, ordering each step of your life. When you follow Him, when you when you give your life to Him, and when you listen to Him, and when you have quiet times with Him, and when you're serving in a local church, and when you're just following Him. He leads you and he guides you and he, he shows you what your next step is. He's a good God. Amen? Amen. I'm really passionate about spiritual health. I'm really passionate about discipleship. I think one of the key areas that God is doing right now is he's wanting to form us. He's wanting to uh, take us from strength to strength, from glory to glory. How many know that being a Christian is not about adhering to a set of beliefs, but it's about following a person? It's about a way of life and a way of living and following Jesus. And so I'm passionate about spiritual discipleship. I'm passionate about spiritual health. All of us have got backgrounds. Some of my background, I used to be a drug addict, living in the laundry of a house in Vic Park when I had an encounter with God. And my life has radically changed. But, you know, uh, uh, God is in the business of making Broken things whole. He takes us from strength to strength. He takes us from death to life. Amen, amen. So, as Jason said, um, we are in this journey of uh, trying to find a new house, <laughs> trying to find a house, trying to find a place to live. Um, and so, pray for us as we as we move to Melbourne. Um, we've lived here all our lives, and uh, this is an exciting but a little bit scary. You know, when you're moving to a whole another state. You guys, some of us here know what that's like, uh, but it is—it is—it's exciting. How many know when you serve God, you follow Him, your world expands, your family grows. Amen. And, and I just said, church is a covenant family. It means we're all in this together. We all lift weight. We help. We have responsibilities. We have, you know, tough conversations. We confront in love. We honor each other. We discover the gold in each other. That's what family's about. That's what, the, that, that's what the kingdom is about. And so King, God's kingdom is expanding, it's growing, and when you get on board with what he's doing, your world gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It does. He really, he really starts expounding it. So we've been in the season as a church community of consecration. We've been in a season of fasting and prayer. And, you know, fasting is not about twisting God's arm to overcome his reluctance. God is a good father. He wants to bless us. He wants to pour out his favor on you. He wants you to grow and expand and he wants to pour out his love on you. But fasting and and, and prayer and fasting is about positioning your heart to be able to receive that. That's all that fasting is. And we've been on that season of prayer and fasting as a church. It's about positioning our hearts, about posturing our hearts, about preparing Ask for what he wants to do because God wants to do so much more in and through you. You know, the most important thing that God wants to do through you is what he's doing in you. So take note, God, what are you doing in my life? Because that is a key for what he wants to do through you to other people. Um, so as Pastor Jason said, we're right in the middle of revival month. The beginning of this year, I got this. You know how we have New Year's resolutions? Resolution? Some of us do. I I've, I've got rid of those years ago. Now I just get a word. I'm like, okay, what's the word for this year? And God gave me the word revive, revive. God is reviving his church. He wants to take dead things in our lives and bring them to life again. So Luke chapter 14, verse 18. Let's look at that. It says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, freedom to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This was the first sermon that Jesus preached when he uh, was baptized in the Holy Spirit and uh, he went out in the desert and he was tempted by the devil and then he came back in the power of the Holy Spirit and he opened up the Bible and he opened up this scripture in Isaiah and he, he said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Come on, let's pray. Let's let's thank God for his word. Lord, we thank you for your word, which is life. Lord, that brings healing. Lord, that brings direction to our lives. Lord, that has the ability, Lord, to divide. Lord, what is right and what is wrong in our our lives. Lord, it's got the ability to, Lord, lead us and guide us. Lord, there's health to our bones and healing to our soul. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence here. Holy Spirit, we welcome you, Lord. Lord, we can do nothing without you. Jesus, you are the word. Lord, your word points to you because you are the word become flesh, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for your word that brings life and healing and encouragement this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, this afternoon, tonight, this evening, all through today, I want to talk to you, the title of my message is From Brokenness to Wholeness. From Brokenness to Wholeness. You know, um, I grew up on a farm in Tasmania, so I'm one of 11. I've got 10 brothers and sisters. Now you're starting to get a picture of what this preaches about. I-, I grew up on a farm in Tassie, in, in the back end of uh, Hobart, and um, we had orchards and we had pigs and we had cows and we had chickens and my dad was a bit of a farmer but he loved to fix things and he loved to you know he wouldn't go and buy things if something broke it's like no i'm gonna not gonna buy it i'm gonna go and fix it. i'm gonna pull it apart and fix it and sort of repair it and stuff but some things he wasn't too good at and um you know they sort of broke again <laughs> a lot of times you know, the things that he fixed, they broke again. Who, who here loves fixing things? Who's a bit of a fixer? You sort of, you know, yeah, you like fixing things. It's like, okay, something's broken. Or some of us might be, no, nah, I'm chucking that away. I'm just buying a new one. <laughs> I like fixing things. I'm like, yeah, I like I like to fix it. You know, my wife, Ali, says that I'm not a very good fixer, but I try. <laughs> you know, on my honeymoon, 25 years I've been married, on my honeymoon, we went to Bali and... uh it was the last day of my honeymoon and I'm swimming and I, I was closing my eyes under the water and I started to get up out of the water and the, the stairs to the edge of the pool hit my tooth and my tooth chipped totally in half, my front tooth. And I went, oh, no. Ali looks at me and she goes, whoa. And I went, oh, no, I've just married this girl. What the heck am I going to look like, this big, crooked, broken tooth? So then I went to a Bali dentist. Seriously, we drove to this place. We asked the hotel, oh, "Is there a dentist around?" There? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go here. So we went there. We sat in the waiting room, and it was ages. And I'm like, "What's happening?" So I went up to the reception and said, "What's happening?" And she goes, "Oh, it's okay. So he's just he's just delivering a baby." And I'm like, "Okay." What is he? Is he a dentist, or is he a doctor or what? Anyway, I eventually got in there, and he, he fixed my tooth. It was literally a chunk of plasticine that went on there, and it was hard, but it just looked horrible. It's this great, big chunk, and Ali's like, "Oh no, we'll wait till we get home." So on the plane flying home, it actually fell off. <laughs> and then I went, went back to uh, a proper dentist, and I got it fixed anyway i say why did i share that story i don't know (laughs) fixing things broken things you know there are many times in our lives that we go through broken situations we have broken dreams broken identity broken relationships it's part of our human experience that we experience brokenness in our lives disappointments offense broken relationships trauma it's part of our human experience even in scripture when we look at the bible it's full of stories of broken people broken dreams situation hearts and a broken savior who died for us in second samuel the story of uh david's sin when and then he um he slept with Bathsheba, and then he killed her husband and you know he horrible and then He wrote Psalm 51 as a result of being confronted about his sin. The consequences were severe because his firstborn child died. But then God restored him because of his brokenness, because of his contrite heart, because he was... The Bible says that he had a heart after God's own heart and yet he did some crazy bad stuff. But yet he had a heart of humility, heart of brokenness before God and because of that God gave him uh, another son called Solomon and the the name Solomon means peaceful completeness peaceful completeness God restored him back he restored him and and uh, Solomon became the richest king that ever lived ushered in the greatest season of peace across the whole nation of Israel because God is a restorer of broken things amen there's something powerful about brokenness through it, that through it, God brings wholeness. God brings into wholeness. In Psalm 51, verse 17, David wrote this psalm. He said, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise.
0: What does that mean?
1: So there's something here that we see about brokenness that God desires from us in order to bring us to him. There's a beauty in brokenness. This brokenness is about humility. It's about coming to God with all of our stuff. Here's the thing, God is not surprised by our stuff, our issues, our weaknesses, our sin, our failings, our darkness. He's not, oh my gosh, he, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to bring it to God. We're supposed to Bring it to him because there's, there's beauty and there's healing and there's wholeness to be found. Jesus' mission on the planet was about bringing healing to our brokenness. That's the whole reason Jesus came, was to bring healing to our brokenness, to our trauma, to our, those broken things that have happened in our lives. He wants to bring healing to those things so what is brokenness i'm glad you asked brokenness meanings of brokenness in the bible broken because of our own sin the bible says that we've all sinned we've all suffered the consequences of our own actions bad decisions wrong choices our pride our rebellious nature our refusal to obey god's pattern God's design, Adam and Eve, all the people in the Bible. Here's the thing about, I love about Scripture. The authors of Scripture don't sanitize the stories. They're all, I mean, if you if you if you look at all the heroes of the Bible, all of them had major issues and brokenness. Every single one of them. You know, and we all experience it. We all experience brokenness. And you know. I, I've experienced heartache and trauma and brokenness in my life over the years. My, my father died of a broken heart, of, of a, um, he had a heart condition, and that was it was full on. It was so terrible. It was really difficult. My youngest brother, who was 22 years old, loved Jesus. He developed a leukemia, and two, and two years later, he died of leukemia. I mean, how do you make sense of all of this? You know, I've experienced broken relationships, you know, church life and church ministry. You know, sometimes you experience broken relationships uh, um, in my family as well. And it's like, God, how do I deal with this, this brokenness that happens in my life, this trauma that happens in my life, even in my own Soul and dealing with sin and stuff in my own heart, my own soul. I'm like, God, how do I deal with this? What I feel like something's broken inside of me. How many of us have experienced that? You're going through life and something's happened, or something you're navigating something or a relationship, and you feel broken. It's like, I feel like there's something broken in me. We're all broken, incomplete, separated, humbled. We're crushed by grief. There are times where our hearts break. We have broken friendships, broken dreams. It's like, God, I thought this was going to happen, but it didn't happen. Lord, I had faith to believe in this, but it didn't happen. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm broken. You know, there's this thing called broken heart syndrome. It's actually a, 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 a it, it results from the stress that someone feels when someone close to them dies. It's actually called, um, I'm not going to pronounce it, but it's actually a a technical term and it actually happens. People can die from a broken heart. That's full on. When you're struggling with anxiety or depression, you feel like something's broken in you. Some of us have dealt with panic attacks or dealing with panic attacks and it's like, feels like there's something broken in me. When you're lonely, you can't make friends or you're single and you think there's something wrong with you. You know, brokenness is not God's judgment on you. Brokenness is simply the natural consequences of our fallenness, of this world, this sin. We're broken also because of other people's actions. If people don't allow their pain to transform them, they transmit it to others. What's the saying? Hurt people hurt people. And we've all experienced that when, you know, in, in a relationship, when someone just goes off or starts yelling and it's like, what have I done? No, no, no. The issue is they're broken. There's something going on in their hearts. There's something deeper going on. We're all born with fractured and dark hearts. Our intentions, speech and actions divide, separate, damage other people. We've been on both sides of the coin, some to greater degrees than others. We can all probably think of times that we've hurt someone else and we've definitely found ourselves as the victim of someone else's hurt or pain, brokenness. The world is broken. I mean, turn on the news. (laughs) There's there's, there's just so much brokenness right around this world. There's so much pain with the world's systems and the egos and self-centeredness. It's damaging to our soul. Our planet is broken and through sickness and natural disasters, there's brokenness, there's grief. You know, the Bible is full of people with brokenness in their lives, hearts and situations. It's part of our humanity. It's part of our experience. But can also draw us closer to the Lord. We serve and we love a saviour who is broken. Every time we take communion... Lord, we thank you for your body that was broken. His body was broken for us. Jesus himself was broken. We remember his body broken for us. He was despised. He was rejected. He was forsaken and beaten and unjustly condemned to death. Remember the story of the agony in the Garden of Gethsemane where he said, Lord, he said, Father, if this be your will, you know, Uh, um, he, He was struggling in that moment of pain and suffering and, of course, on the cross as well. But he overcame it. He rose from the dead. He overcame it all so he understands your brokenness. He understands when we're suffering with broken dreams or broken relationships or offense or bitterness. He understands what we're going through. He understands the pain that we go through in our lives. We all go through brokenness and grief, but God is there. Brokenness can be good or bad. It's all about perspective. What's our narrative? How do you frame your brokenness? How do you get from brokenness to wholeness? This is experiencing revival, something dead that comes back to life. You know, if it's causing you to become bitter and resentful, it's bad. There's a choice we need to make with our brokenness, to allow it to bring it, to allow it to bring ourselves to God. Lord, I'm going to bring you this pain. I'm going to bring you this issue. I'm going to bring you my failures. I'm going to bring you my sin. I'm going to bring you my addictions. I'm going to bring you my darkness. Bring it to the Lord. A lot of us, we, we hide it and we think, okay, we've got to sort that out first before we come to God. That's the whole reason Jesus came, to take our sin, to take our brokenness, to take our hurt, to take our pain. So we need to bring it to him. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face. Seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, heal their land. Is this seeking God's face. You know, here's the thing that I love about Father God. He always welcomes us into his presence regardless of the condition of our heart, <laughs> regardless of the, the issues that we have. You know, religion says you have to do this, 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 then you can come into the presence of God. (laughs) The Father says all are welcome. doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, you're all welcome. And his love is without conditions. His love is without conditions. Jesus said come regardless of where you're at, angry, sad, got issues, failures, problems. Just come. Just come. But here's the thing. You can't leave the same. When you've been in the presence of God, when you encounter the the mercy of God, the love of God, when you encounter the healing saviour, there's something supernatural happens to your brokenness. He's got this amazing ability to bring healing and to bring wholeness. When we re-engage with the face of God, realignment to his face as I come. It might take a minute, might take an hour, an altar call, might be every night this week, might be a month. But you will be transformed. You will become whole. If you humble yourself and you seek his face, you come before him. Seeking God's face is about positioning yourself for revival. <laughs> Another word for face is countenance or favor. This scripture talks about seeking God's face, seeking his favor. Lord, we need your favor. I need your favor to come in this broken area of my life, in this issue. I need. I need your wholeness. I need your favor to come and restore wholeness in that brokenness because he's a perfect father. We come with our brokenness and he comes with his wholeness and heals us. He hears our prayer. He forgives your sin, which is personal blessing. Then he heals your land, which is corporate influence. (laughs) That's how good our God is. So what is broken and dislocated in your life? that you long to see transformation and wholeness. Think of an area, God, I feel like that's a bit of a broken area in my life. Think of an area, and God, the invitation for you right now is to bring that to the Lord. Name it, lift it up before God in prayer. I really feel, and I really sense that God wants to bring wholeness to people here tonight. I really feel that there's an invitation. I felt it I've been feeling it actually for a number of weeks as I've been coming and visiting here. I'm feeling that God wants to break out in this place in healing and bring healing and wholeness because we've all got stuff. We've all got stuff. We've all got pasts. We've all got childhoods. We've all got dysfunction. We've all got trauma. And we need to bring it. God's not surprised. He's not shocked and horrified. He sees it all and he knows it all anyway. I remember a number of years ago, I was struggling in an area of my life and I thought that God didn't understand what I was going through. And I was, I was almost getting to the point of anger and annoyance. You know, sometimes you get a bit angry. I'm, I'm like getting angry at God. and I'm getting a bit, bit annoyed. And I had this encounter with God. It was actually a dream. And in this dream, I saw Jesus as clear as anything. I was sitting in this garden on this bench in this garden and I was sitting there and I was just, uh, uh, um, you know, feeling these emotions of, uh, of annoyance and anger and just I was really struggling in this certain area of my life. And I remember seeing Jesus and he came up to me and he looked at me and he had this piercing gaze and he looked into me and he looked right through me and he said these words he said steve i see it all and i understand it all and something got something got made whole in my heart at that moment because i understood jesus he sees it all anyway but here's the thing he understands it all he knows what we're going through he knows the pain and the trauma and stuff That we're going through. He sees it all anyway. So I thought, okay, I can bring it to God right now and He can heal it and He can bring His wholeness in His healing. You know, we need to name those things in our lives and lift them up before God in prayer. Ask God, He's the master craftsman, He's our creator. He knows everything about us anyway. So let's bring him our broken parts and watch what he he does. I've got a little demonstration here now. Got this pot here. And I discovered this a number of years ago. It's the Japanese art of kintsugi. Who's heard of this? Kintsugi. Oh, there's a few of it. Awesome. So it's the art of mending broken pottery with lacquer gold resin sprinkled with powdered gold, silver, or platinum to make the pot more beautiful than what it was before it was broken. This technique visibly incorporates into the repair the new piece, highlighting the breakage instead of disguising it. Highlighting the breakage instead of disguising it. this pot before it was broke before it was broken seemed to be perfect but then it broke then they put it together this is an original one actually and they put it together with gold now your eyes are drawn to the broken parts your eyes are going wow how beautiful is that that was once broken but now look at it it's amazing it's amazing <laughs> isn't that interesting we so easily discard those things that are broken or not functional but mending repairing and reusing are lost arts knowing that imperfect objects can be remade into something more beautiful than the original gives me hope that the imperfections in my life can be mended to make me into more beautiful vessel than i was before (laughs) you know I used to be the most timid person. And here I am preaching in front of 100 people. I used to be the most timid person. And I was racked with fear and fear of man. And, you know, what would people think about me? That was my brokenness. I brought it to the Lord. Now I feel so much confidence and boldness because that which was broken has been made whole. So it's like you know, we have scars. Some of us have got scars. And you know a scar, you're sort of proud of a scar. It's like, see that? Oh, I, used to, I was cut by a chainsaw. Seriously. My dad was cutting some wood and he accidentally cut my uh, thing. Then I'd have 11 stitches in there. And I wear that with pride. It's like, check out that scar, mate. Check it out. Pretty good, eh? <laughs> but it, it's part of who I am. It's been healed. and I, It's not a wound a wound you need to cover up and you need to hide because it's still there. It's festering. It's still going on. But when that wound gets healed, it's like, check this out. Look at my scar. Look what God has done in my life. I was lost. I was fearful. I was a drug addict. Now look at what God has done in my life. How awesome is that? And we all have testimonies of what God has done. And he still wants to do more. There's more layers of healing that he wants to do in our lives. Doesn't this sound like God, Kintsugi? I just love that. None of us are without flaws, yet God is able to mend and make all of us whole. And when God mends us, it's like pure gold has been added to our lives. or oh, like that. There's beauty hidden in the brokenness all of us struggle with. God doesn't discard us. He remakes us. And he transforms us and he makes us whole. Listen to this poem that I read about this. I'm like one of those Japanese bowls that were made long ago. I have some cracks in me. They've been filled with gold. That's what they used back then when they had a bowl to mend. It did not hide the cracks. It made them shine instead. So now every scar shows from every time I broke. And anyone's eyes can see. I'm not what I used to be. But in a collector's mind, all of these jagged lines make me more beautiful and worth a much higher price. I'm like one of these Japanese bowls I was made long ago. I have some cracks you can see. See how they shine of gold. Isn't that beautiful? That's such a picture of you and me. That's such a picture of the kingdom. That's such a picture of of Jesus coming to heal the brokenhearted. That's what he does. He makes things whole. Listen to this. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 20 in the message version. It says this. We look at this son and we see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this son and we see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible, invisible, rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and he holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organises it and he holds it together just like a head does a body. He was supreme at the end, in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme at the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything, everyone. So spacious is he, so roomy that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all of the broken and dislodged pieces in the universe, people and things, animals and adamans get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies all because of his death his blood that poured out for the cross from the cross isn't that amazing everything all the broken pieces of our lives all of the issues in our lives he wants to bring it all together you know he doesn't want us to live fragmented fractured lives where This is me over here. This is me over there. That's that issue. That's that issue. He wants all of your whole lives to come together in him, all the good, the bad, the ugly, the issues. Bring it all to him and watch what he does with it. Watch what he does with it. God wants to heal you. He wants to make you whole. And here's the thing. Wholeness does not mean perfection. Perfection. God's goal for you isn't perfection, it's connection. He wants to be in relationship with you. It's wholeness, accepting all of those spaces, places in your heart and in your soul that need saving, restoration, just bring them all to God and have a relationship with God. Here's another major mindset and paradigm that needs to change. Whatever is denied can't be healed. Whatever is denied can't be healed. In other words, if we deny the existence of an issue or problem or a trauma or a bitterness or a disappointment in our life, it's not going to get healed. You've got to bring it to Jesus. You've got to bring those parts to Jesus. You can't deny them. Bring them to the Lord. There's a conflict in us, in each one of us. Between who we really are and who we want to be. (laughs) Don't pretend to be fine and perfect, but just bring your whole self to the Lord. All your brokenness, all your issues, all your struggles, just bring them to God because he's a good father. He's a good father. You know, the Pharisees, the religious folks, didn't need a saviour. You know why? Because they didn't need one. They thought they didn't need one. They thought they were fine. But, you know, when you realise how poor you are, when you realise how broken you are, you need Jesus. You come to Jesus every day. You turn up. It's like, I'm going to encounter you. I'm going to come to the prayer line. I'm going to, Jesus, I'm going to come to you, bring all of my brokenness to you. You know, the bondage of the lie is far more painful than the journey of liberation. Yes, it can be painful journeying into wholeness, bringing him your stuff. But the bondage of the lie is much more painful than that. So what is broken or dislocated in your life which you long to see transformation or wholeness? What are some of the mindsets you have about God and prayer and revival and church and relationships that are old, Wineskins that are broken. What are some areas in your soul that you need the great healer to come and heal? Oh, let's just bring it to him because he sees it all anyway. <laughs> he sees it all, he understands it all, and his ways are absolutely perfect. You know, Jesus has come to heal our brokenness, he's come. To heal our grief. He's come to heal our pain. He's come to heal our past. (laughs) He's come to heal those things in our lives that are broken. And he wants to make you a trophy of his grace. Because that's what he's done in my life. That's what he's done in your life. That's what he continues to do. He makes broken things whole. So don't run away from your brokenness. Don't run away from your issues. Don't deny them. Just bring them to Jesus and watch what he does with them. Amen. I want to get the worship team up here because I, I, really, feel, I really feel that God wants to heal some people today. And there's, there's a response required now. There's a response required. Okay. We've heard the preaching of the word. We heard that Jesus wants to come. See, Jesus is a gentleman. He doesn't force his way. He's not a control freak. He waits to be invited. He waits to be asked. And so, you know, we need to be people that say, Jesus, would you come? Would you come into this area? Would you come into this brokenness? Would you come into this trauma? Would you bring healing? Because I know that you want to do something amazing my heart. You know, brokenness before God is agreement and acknowledgement that you need a saviour. Lord, I need a saviour. I need saving. I need healing. It's vulnerability. It's humility. It attracts the presence of God. There's nothing like a problem or an issue that attracts the presence of God. We think that, okay, in order to get into the presence of God, we've got to do this, and we've got to do this, and we've got to be right, and we've got to be perfect, and then we can get in The God wants you to bring your problems because that's what attracts his presence. Psalm 34 verse 18 says this, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 147 verse 3 says he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Isaiah 57 verse 15 says, For thus says the Lord who lives forever, I dwell in a high and lofty place and also with a contrite and the lowly of spirit in order to revive the spirit of the lowly to revive the heart of the contrite let me end with this in 2008 as i said i had a brother who loved the lord he was a worship leader at c3 hobart and he loved jesus and he developed leukemia and uh, we prayed and we fasted and we prophesied and we brought preachers all around and let's pray for him and he 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 had a measure of healing and uh for for nearly two years he was fine and then it returned it came back and again we prayed and we believed and we had these expectations that god was not going to take him but he was going to get fully healed but then, July seventeenth, he passed away in two thousand and eight, and I remember I was at the funeral, and it was a couple of weeks um, later. It actually, it was about ten days later the funeral, and I was devastated. I was like, God, I don't get it. This—it it felt like something was broken in me because I had full—I was full of faith, believing, trusting. You know, my, I was like, Yep. Yeah, your Lord, your word says this, I'm believing. And I was at the funeral and I was so hurt and I was so disappointed that my brother had died. And, and um, I mean, we knew where he was. He, was a, he loved Jesus, but the Lord had taken him home and I was really disappointed. And I remember there was a person who came up, uh, a close friend of the family. And he came up and he gave part of the eulogy. And he read this scripture in Deuteronomy, verse 32, uh, chapter 32, verse 4. And it says this, God ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His ways are perfect. His ways are perfect. And I'm like, I don't understand God's ways. I thought he was going to do this. But then as he read that scripture, something happened inside my heart. And it was like, something clicked and it was like, hang on, God's ways are perfect. I don't understand. I don't understand God's ways. But here's what I do know. His ways are perfect. I don't know why God took him home. I don't know why that, you know, he passed away at age 22 years old. I don't know why, but here's what I do know. God's ways are absolutely perfect. And something was healed in my heart then because it's interesting because there was this there was this fork in the road i could go down bitterness and offense and like that's it i'm done i believed i used to believe but nah this thing doesn't work something happened in that moment and a few nights later I had this amazing dream and god spoke to me but that changed the trajectory of my heart something was healed something was broken and it became whole again and i believe that god wants to do that for people here tonight there's an opportunity right now to bring him your pain don't don't live with that pain any longer because you're starting to transmit it you're starting it to look look outwards from that pain it's time to bring that pain to the Lord it's time to bring that trauma to the Lord bring that brokenness to the Lord
0: thank you for joining us for this message today If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.